She's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the Doctor Dietitian Collab. And today we are talking about a very exciting topic. It's a very exciting topic, <laughs> Dr. Dovek. Oh yes, we are talking about insurance. Yes, and coverage, and out-of-pocket expense, and all things. How much is it going to cost me? It's just enthralling. It's so enthralling. Oh but you know what? There's every time I try to search for something or look for it, there's like not a lot of accurate, up-to-date information. Well, and it's also confusing. When you do find something, it's like, huh? What does that mean? Totally. And I have been in this space for over 10 years, and it was not until I started private practice that I learned an unbelievable amount I, I truly had no clue about some of these terms, mm-hmm. about out-of-pocket expense, especially about, I just, I kind of showed up and somebody took care of the took revenue of cycle yeah. behind me. I don't, I didn't, I thought I knew, but I didn't really. Right. So yeah, we have a lot to talk about here. And I hope that this is really helpful for some people to even realize like, I might have coverage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a good place to start for me is like, a lot of times we get the question, you know, like what insurance do you take? Yeah. And I think that really you have to take a step back even further from that is does your actual plan cover bariatric surgery? Exactly. And I th- that is that is step one in knowing mm-hmm. this. So if you're like, I really like Hannah and, and Betsy, I want to go to Body by Bariatrics. Awesome. Go to bodybybariatrics.com. Click on Get Started Now, and you can request a free insurance check. Yep. So if you're wondering, you just wanted to make it easy, go take just a free one. We, yeah. have a, we have a whole team of uh, individuals who verify benefits for yeah. us. So it's great. So that's the first thing. Do I have coverage? Because you might have Cigna and your huh. neighbor and your friends and, you know, a billion people who have Cigna, and it's just striking how Cigna is not Cigna across the board. Right, right. And then there's like... Because bariatrics falls into a weird category, I feel like, with surgery because it's elective, but then there's, like, medical requirements for it. You know, it's not, like, a nose job or something, which sometimes that's not just cosmetic, but just, you know, it's not like a cosmetic procedure or something like that. Um, Although some doctors will try to say it is, which is not true. Yeah. But they have to, like, opt into coverage for bariatric surgery, and that's where people get confused because they're like, well, I have Aetna, so can I get bariatric surgery? It's like, well... We have to literally look at your very specific plan mm-hmm. from your employer or, you know, typically that we know, I mean, like Medicare and stuff like that, we know more broadly, but even within, like we look at Medicaid's and things like that, there's different types of those and some cover and some don't, um, depending on what state you're in, yes. your um, your ACA coverage may or may not include weight loss surgery. So, of course, we only look at state of Florida for that one. It does not include bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. So if you get a plan from the marketplace, it doesn't cover weight loss. It doesn't cover weight loss surgery. Exactly. So, and, and this is this is confusing. Mm-hmm. And so, like you just said, it depends on if they have opted in. Who is they? It is your employer. Yes. So if you have commercial insurance, right. so let's start there. So commercial is your Cigna, Aetna, United, Blue Cross Blue Shield, like Anthem, Primera, Florida Blue, all of those. It depends on if they opted into it. And so what happens is there's these insurance brokers and these um, people will go to your employer, your benefits team, HR, and they will sit maybe at the start of the calendar year and say, here are all of your options. Like, where do you stand on, like I said, 
Do you want to opt into a nose job? And there's like a million categories. And one of the biggest ones is actually treatment of obesity. Right. And there's medical weight loss. So there's Wagovi, FDA approved for it. And then there's also bariatric surgery. And some of them will have like some really like wacky parameters. And we're going to go into the nitty gritty of the policies and how that all works. But then they decide, okay, yes, I want to opt into it. And what does that do to me as the employer? How much do I have to pay more? What more of a premium do I need to pay Mm -hmm. to allow my employees to have this service? Right. And so there's still a lot of like miseducation. I talked to a broker the other day and it was striking. They're like, well, I think like what, 5% of people who have bariatric surgery die. So a lot of employers aren't really, they want their workplace, you know, healthy, but like, I'm like, no. And then it's just like, it's just pure ignorance and it's frustrating. It's maddening. It's like, why that's, that's not true. And you know, you're, you're fighting these battles and you're going to these unions and you're trying to get people to see like, no, if you look at the healthcare economics, if you opt into bariatric coverage, you're actually going to see an improvement in workplace productivity. Mm-hmm. You're going to see, um, you know, their time off of work uh, be less because they're not taking time off for doctor's visits or right. feeling lousy and all of that. And they're just overall a healthier population for not just your workplace, but for your community. It's yeah. The right thing to do. Right. It snowballs into all these other exactly. places. I mean, there's just such an unbelievable, I'm talking like tens of thousands of studies over the last 30, 40 years Mm -hmm. that just show the efficacy of it. And it's just crazy when you're like, what are you reading or thinking? You know, I talked to some high up executives from a major, major Florida based uh, commercial insurance company. Yeah. And they were like, well, we really just want patients to like, you know, the whole like eat less, move more. We want, we want diet and exercise and we want these things. And I I just was like dumbfounded. Like I can't, I can't even penetrate into this. I'm like jumping up and down. I'm as passionate yeah. as they come. Like, I don't know what else I can say or do or show or prove yeah. that this is how it should be. Well, and then it's really frustrating because on the flip side of that, if you're really going to actually cover, okay, weight loss and, and a diet and exercise and all of that. Okay, you need to be covering dietitians' visits yes. and paying them well enough because a lot of dietitians just don't take insurance, A, because the credentialing, and I'm sure we're going to talk about credentialing here, yes. but that's a whole process. And then you find out your reimbursement rates, and a lot of times they find it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's like, well, what about exercise? Are you going to pay for my gym membership insurance company or, you know, or, you know going to pay for my grocery bills with inflation? Like, there's just all these other things that it's like, well... Okay, great. That doesn't help me. I know at all. And obesity is bankrupting and, the system. Well, and and of course we know that obesity needs to be treated like a disease, and it's not just everybody mm-hmm. can just go out and you know eat better and lose weight. Like it's just not how it works for a lot of people. No. So that's the other side of it. But it's also like, well, give us a little bit of help then, if yeah. you want. A, imp- exactly, approve yeah. it and and and, and just it, improve it. access to all the things that go alongside of it. Totally. Well. Access to care and the right care and and how that how that needs to look. So benefit verification. So what we do is we either really simple and all that you need, whether it's us or another program, the insurance benefit verifier will either go onto a website if, if the insurance company has a portal or they'll call 
And typically we call, we get it recorded because when they quote benefits, we actually have to pull that because you quoted they had coverage and now that they don't, and you're now saying that they well pull the recording. So we have all of that. And so basically our team will um, need either pick at the front and back of your insurance card or your member ID, your group number. Mm -hmm. Those are really easily spotted on the card. And we number one see, do you have active coverage? Yes. And do you have just a primary insurance or do you have a secondary insurance as well? So we'll talk about what that means in a little bit, especially when it comes to payments. And then we see, okay, yes, you do have coverage. Mm -hmm. And then it comes into... All right, well, what will it cost? Okay, they yeah. they cover it and they'll pay for it. How much will they pay for? And how much will I be responsible for? Yes. And that was something that, like I said, you didn't was really. I didn't realize. Yeah. Super eye-opening. And this is where I think you do sometimes have a little bit more choice in the matter. So a lot of times, you know, employers will offer like one, two, or or like two or three different healthcare plans. Mm. And this is kind of a thing to think about, especially as you go into a new plan year of if, okay, I'm thinking for next year, say I want to get bariatric surgery. I'm really interested in it. And I know that my cover, my, my company does cover it because I had a coworker that's done it or I know, you know, I've looked into it a little bit, but maybe right now you're on like the, the, one where you pay less a month, like the lower premium one, but you have high out-of-pocket expenses. Well, maybe switching to the one that costs a little bit more a month, but your overall out, you know, expenses are lower in the year. Mm-hmm. That's something to kind of, that's where you can start to have some some choices. And we'll talk a lot a lot about, we're going to kind of go through like, what's a copay, what's a coinsurance, what's a deductible, all of those types of things. So that might make a little bit more sense, but that's really where you probably have the most opportunity to really change what your out-of-pocket expense would be. Exactly. So let actually, let's dive in now because that is yeah. a part. So when we verify your benefits, we tell you, yes, you have coverage. And then the next thing, like we said, what is it going to cost? So we will break it down. So the first piece of that is a copay. Yep. And what a copay is, is it's just fixed fee for a certain type of medical services. Mm-hmm. So we're considered a specialist. There's primary care. You might have to pay $20 copay, maybe your specialist copay is $40, something yeah. like that. And sometimes you have no copay. Yeah. So that might be something. Now, if you have Medicaid, let's say, and in the state of Florida, that includes Sunshine, Simply, Aetna Better Health, United Community Plan, these ones um, have no out of pocket expense. Right. The government picks it all up. Yep. And so you would not have a copay. So a lot of this next part, you can kind of drone out over and uh, you wouldn't have that. So you might have a copay for every visit. um, And that's, again, just a fixed fee for any type of medical service, even an office visit um, or even the actual procedure itself. Yeah. And then how would you describe deductibles? So your deductible is basically the amount that you kind of have to spend in the year before the insurance starts to pick up more of the tab. Perfect. Yeah, I actually yeah. like Googled exactly how to do it and you literally just said it like word for word. Yes, the deductible is the amount you need to pay before insurance kicks in. Yes. So now sometimes they'll start, they'll cover some things before you hit your deductible. So that's where like reading like before mm-hmm. deductible and after deductible that verbiage will be in like all your documents. So like your copay a lot of times for your primary care doctor is just like before deductible. You don't have to pay for that visit out of pocket. You'll pay the $20. Yes, so. yes, 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 yes. 
So exactly. So deductibles, there can be, um, you know, an individual deductible. Mm-hmm. There can be a family deductible yes. that everybody on that particular insurance plan, like I have my husband and my three kids, there's five of us. And so if, you know, somebody has more medical expenses, it could go towards the deductible. Right. And these typically deductibles are usually, you know, in the like 1000 plus range. Right. Yeah. Is, is what I normally see. So, and that is why if you are thinking about having bariatric surgery and you've already met your deductible, in other words, mm-hmm. the insurance is already going to be kicking in, then that means that you might have, you've already hit, let's say, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar deductibles. Mm-hmm. You want to have surgery before that typically calendar year or wherever that, that, that plan, plan year, year yeah. starts over, which is usually January 1. So we get a big influx oh, of December people. December is wild for my surgery. I'm like, buckling up. I'm yeah. like, get me, give me all the operative time. And, yes. Um, I love it though. I know you do. I love November and December. The day after Thanksgiving, I think you are already booking out. Yeah, I'm, we're already going for it. And some people like to do it over like their breaks and yeah, stuff too. Yeah, that's true too. So if you're a you teacher or, or your kids your are office off. closes for the week between Christmas and New Year's. You want to, but still, it's a busy time. So any, any, and I think that's a lot of practices that they find that that last week of the year, the last two weeks of the year are yeah. busy because people are trying to get in under that. So but, get on yeah. it. If you're and we're, you know, we're coming it's, up. You yeah. can still have your surgeries before the end of the year if you're highly motivated to yeah, complete your requirements sure. that we'll talk about. And then finally, co-insurance. This is something I'm kind of embarrassed. I never really understood co-insurance before. Yeah. So that's where you pay like a percentage of, so say the doctor bills $200 for a visit and you have to pay a 40, I'm going to do simple math, a 50% co-insurance, you would pay 100, the insurance company would pay 100. Yeah. And so for not, that's exactly right. Yep. It is the percentage of costs you are responsible for. So you pay your co-pays, you hit your deductible, and now the co-insurance would kick in. Yes. And a lot of times what we'll see is like 10 to 20%, 50% will be like, gosh, get it. That was our last plan. My last plan was a 50% coinsurance. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. That's awful. Sorry about that. All so right. um, anyway, we fixed that all because we're like, what are we doing? We're like, we're just, we're yeah. figuring it out. Figuring it out. It's all good. So the, the, so the coinsurance 10% now for bariatric surgery, that would include the the professional fees, which huh. are usually a little lower. That might be a, couple, a few hundred bucks if that 10%. But then the facility fees yes. is really where we estimate this based on a $20,000 facility fee is what typically the hospitals, the surgery centers, they would get. And so then after you hit your deductible, all right, I hit that 1,000, then 10%, if it's 20 grand, you're going to be um, responsible for $2,000. So not arbitrary, but the good thing is you can either finance it through um, payment plans. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll put down a down payment. You can do um, set up monthly payments, or you can even use something like care credit, Mm -hmm. which is like setting up a credit card. Um, We accept that, for example, Sometimes the hospitals don't, but our practice does. Yeah. And then you would apply for credit and then that pays. And then you can go interest free for the first six months, 12 months, and then a low interest payment for 24 to 36 yeah. months after. So those are some ways to, to know it and understand it. We really try to break it down. And then we have an insurance coordinator. Monica can give you a call and she can really explain, okay, these this are the... Your... Well, then there's one last term. 
We haven't gotten to your out of pocket maximum. Oh yes, that's the that's best part. Super important. Yeah, that's super important. So this important. is great. Yes. This is, well, yes, it can yes. be great. I mean, it depends on again. This is where choosing your plan can be really important. So when you have an out of pocket maximum, um, basically that is the maximum amount that you would be responsible for out of pocket in that plan year. And so again, like we said before, that depends on if you're an individual or if you're in a family plan. So if you're on your own plan, it's obviously it's typically lower than if you're on your family. And so once you hit that though, you don't pay anything. Mm -hmm. Insurance covers 100% beyond that. And so say you have a $4,000 out-of-pocket maximum, you did your $1,000 deductible, your $2,000 for surgery, you might have $1,000 of other expenses. I don't, you know, again, this is all just making things up. But once you hit that $4,000, any of your health care, regardless of it's related to surgery or if you go to your doctor, if you go get another surgery done. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get surgery, bariatric surgery done early in the year, and then you get your knee replaced later in the year. Yeah. Then that one would be, you know, covered basically once you've hit that, that spend. That's so. such a great point. And a lot of times, if it's like 20%, you're going to just, whatever your out-of-pocket max is, you're going to hit, hit it. it. And yeah. then at least protects you to a degree of like, yes, you know that that's the most that it can cost you for the year for all of your health care. And again, remembering like, this is for everything. This is not just this doesn't change based on okay, well, this is surgery. So we have a max for that. And then this other one has a max. No, that's for the year. Yes, yes, yes. Great, great thing. And look at us. Look at us. I know. Private practicing, bariatric surgeons, knowing all these terms. That's just because I'm a nerd about it. And I've always read through like every insurance document I get, like from my employers. I like comb through those things. I never even look. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I even, Aaron, Aaron, pick the benefits. I have no idea. Like, (laughs) that's why you got a 50% coinsurance. Like, well, this is awful, but it was an HMO. Yeah. HMOs require referrals before yes. every visit, which is just awful. Yeah. A lot of it. So we're, we're, we're we off of that. We fixed, we fixed all that. Okay. <laughs> so you finally decide, all right. Um, oh, and then one other thing about all of that, Medicare. Yes. So Medicare will cover 80% mm-hmm. of your expenses. And most, so who's on Medicare? Medicare is if you are over the age of 65 or if you're on disability. Mm-hmm. And you would have that for 80%. And then the 20% either you would pay for 20% is like the co-insurance yeah. out of pocket, or you can have a co you could have a secondary insurance. Yes. So some people have like, if you're um, like my parents, they're, they're older. So they have like AARP as yeah. their secondary. That's, secondary. That's, a, that's a very common one. Or I mean, you could have even a blues, anything could be a secondary. Yeah. Um, we see all kinds. And um, sometimes even people will have Medicaid as their as secondary. The secondary. Yeah. So they'll owe nothing. Yeah, because you got 80 plus 20, there you go. 100% is covered by it. Now, let's talk a little bit about what are the preoperative requirements? What is the policies? What are the different things to get you into the system and going? So there's there's a lot. There's a lot. lot. This is a lot, lot, lot. So let's start off and talk about nutrition. Okay. So I know about that. Yeah. That's my job. That is your job. You're really good at it. So tell me, um, so I want you to summarize the gosh, is there a ra- oh array God, of what these medical directors oh. have come up with to make these policies? Well, so I think I, before I even talk about that, there's like the time frame. Uh, a lot of people yeah. ask us this, like how long does it take to get from my first consult to my surgery? 
And if you're using insurance, that can vary. So for some insurance companies, and I think more and more now, this is becoming more normal, that they're not really putting a time requirement on it mm-hmm. um, or maybe 30 days. They're mm-hmm. saying you, ha- you have to take at least 30 days to do all of these things. But other than that, mm-hmm. kind of go as quickly as you want. Some, though, will de- be 90 days or even 180 days, so six months mm-hmm. for you that you have to do all of this stuff over. So you might find that we pull your benefits and we say, well, yep, this is great, but you have to do visits for six months. They call it supervised weight loss. And so you'll hear that term. And I think it's a really, I think it's a, not a great name for it because a lot of times we're not really like, you You might lose some weight because we're going to be helping you. But a lot of times that's not generally, if I'm seeing those people, that's generally my big goal with them. It's more about making lifestyle changes and things, which again, for some people can cause some weight loss, but that's just kind of the name for it. And basically what the, for those people you have to meet with usually a dietitian or for some programs, maybe their advanced practitioner or a PA or the psychiatrist or, you know, kind of anybody on the team. And you're meeting at least once a month mm-hmm. within that. It has to be consecutive months. Like it's very particular that you have to talk about weight loss at those. Like you have to talk about all of that um, from, you know, for those Sometimes they'll just give you a number of visits that you have to complete. So they might say a lot of times it's 12. Um, you have to do 12 visits, though, but they can be over any period of time as long as they're on different days. So you literally could see somebody for two and a half weeks back to back. And that would cover your 12 visits. Again, that could be with the dietitian. It can be with the therapist. It can be with even your primary care doctor, things like that, as long as like weight is kind of discussed in those um other education like we personally use a platform an online platform that is is uh, called Nutri and it teaches all of these things and so some insurance companies will actually accept that as you know that preoperative education it gives a really good background and baseline for the preop education uh piece so mm-hmm. I mean kind of the, the, can we just like let's get candid a little yeah, bit about right? this okay so 12 visits uh-huh that can be done over any time frame. This is Aetna. Mm, yeah. Call them out. Okay. <laughs> if you have Aetna, they they have this. Yeah. I think it is so stupid. It is so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. Like, so if I see you uh, five days in a row, so on Tuesday, like, so, I mean, like, what are What's, your visits? I mean, like, oh, yeah. What? I mean, it's, it is crazy because I have some people that are doing that. Like, we're just trying to kind of, because the, the policy changed too. And this is what's frustrating is we had all these people who were on track for surgery and then all of a sudden Aetna changes their mind and there's nothing we can really do about that. Mm-hmm. And so now, yeah, I'm seeing all these people either daily or every two or three days. And I'm like, well, how have things been since yesterday? Like what's going on? Anything changed? And Dumb. luckily we do because we use Nutri and it's broken into these 12 segments. I can use it as like a really good framework for education. Mm-hmm. And of course, other programs who don't use that, you know, their dietitians are again, who their practitioners are going to, they usually have a plan in place of these are all the topics that we want to cover. And they might be sometimes in group sessions as well. So those Mm -hmm. would count towards those visits. So you might do some group sessions. They might be in person or virtual. Um, But yeah, you're just kind of talking through you know, simple day-to-day changes. Are we, how's, you know, we're talking about protein. We're talking about the basics of nutri- nutrition. We're talking about exercise. Um, you know, some, a little touching on, obviously I'm not a therapist, but touching on some of, you know, the mental aspect of it, mm-hmm. habit changes, those types yeah. of things. Uh, so that's, that's really it. But then sometimes, you know, don't tell the insurance companies. I hope they're not listening. 
you know, we talk about your kids or like, yeah, well, you know, or dog, dog, my cats to, usually visit well, with me. Listen, it's all about lifestyle. And it it's, is, it, it, yeah. it's like you're busy running the kids around and all that. Like, okay, you get to know people, I guess. That yeah. is a, that is a perk. And, and it, I mean, it's, I, I don't think that seeing, obviously I don't think that seeing a, a somebody to help you is a bad idea. Yeah. I get where they're coming from with it. But when you see it in practice and you've seen, you know, we've obviously seen the outcomes of people who don't do these types of things mm-hmm. and they do amazing. Yeah. You know, and I think that to me, really the important part, and we've talked about this before is post-op care. Yeah. The pre-op education and a lot of these things that we're going to talk about, they're, they're checklist items a little bit. Yeah. And I do think absolutely education pre-op is super important because you have to know what you're getting into and you have to understand that. Yeah. But until you're living it day to day and really in it, it's, it, it's a lot of times very kind of just like you can't grasp it. You can't wrap your head around it. Right. So it's kind of like, well, I'd rather spend my time working with you you know, after surgery versus being like, well, this is what protein is. I know. Because again, that's all standardized. And that's yeah. why, that's why we have new tri health and all yeah. of that. But no, and that's very important is that I always want to protect your time to have the individualized attention after surgery right. of a patient would need it for exactly that. And like, that's the thing that I think a lot of the pre-op education is difficult is it becomes a lot less individualized mm-hmm. because you're just trying, it's education. Yeah. You're just teaching. And it also is a really great way to burn out your practitioners totally. because it can be very repetitive. Oh, it's the worst. Like that. I know. It's so, like, I mean, get I the do check love in talking the box. to you. I promise. I promise I do. But I know, you know, but it's just, but again, it is getting a check in the box eight times in a day. Oh, it's like, God love yeah. you. Yeah. So that's one thing is the education, mm-hmm. uh, the nutritional uh, education done over a, spe- a specified period of time. Yep. Then there's also psych um, evaluation, which is a one-time thing, which I'll tell you, I do not love that requirement because I don't feel that anything is really going to come of a one-time evaluation. Um, I think that ongoing therapy is, is key. So if yeah. you like the person that did your psyche evaluation and it was an, a way of opening the door to, to this new person that you might not have um, pushed yourself to meet and to mm-hmm. know and you're like them and it's convenient for you and you find it most importantly something that can help you to just vent, talk, see yeah. things from a different perspective. I think it's super important. Yeah. Or if you have history of like disordered eating patterns, I think that's where it can be more important or like a diagnosed psychiatric uh, issue, mm-hmm. you know, an actual diagnosis of something. But I yeah, for a lot of people that it's, it is, it's okay, great. We're going to talk to them, make sure everything's like going dandy and all good. And yeah, they send us the little letter and yeah, we get another check in the box. Here yeah. we go. We keep going. And then sometimes you might need a letter of support, which is like a letter of medical necessity. It's mm-hmm. different from a referral. It basically says, yeah. I support your decision to have this. Mm-hmm. You might need a medical clearance. You might need, from our standpoint, clinically, you might need cardiac clearances right. or additional labs or a home sleep study, or maybe you have um, severe sleep apnea and you need yeah. CPAP compliance. So we make sure that you know what are your next steps, both from an insurance company and fulfilling all of their policies requirements but also from our standpoint to make sure that you're most prepared right because i think we you know we can be a little flippant about these there's check boxes and things but they are there for a reason and i think that's where it is important that you're always making that clinical decision of saying okay well i see that you have had um a dbt in the past so i need to make sure that you're clear from 
you know, whoever's managing your, your blood and making sure that you're not going to have a clot after surgery, or yes, you have severe sleep apnea. I need to know that you are using your CPAP machine. You are a smoker. I need to make Mm. sure that you are nicotine free before surgery, because that's something we'd be concerned about. So I think that, you know, it's not from our perspective, like some of these things are check boxes, but a lot of them too, it's for safety. It is it's not punitive when we give you a long list of things to do. It's just that we want to make sure that before surgery, we know exactly your health history, what we're getting into, mm-hmm. like, so that we can make sure that you have safe outcomes in oh, the long absolutely. run. Absolutely. And I always, you know, one visual I love, um, which I think is such a cool exercise if you, you know, are considering bariatric surgery and you're listening to this podcast, is to write down your previous weight loss attempts, mm-hmm. like the highs and lows, like, okay, when did I start to really struggle with my weight? Some people were like, I was a big baby, like, okay. Yeah. And then, or okay. And then I tried this and then it helps the pattern helps us to get to know you, but also to help you to get to know yourself. So yeah. some of it, take it seriously, go all in and trust the process that, all right, this is going to get me to where I should be. And I'm going to do it again, as safely and as effectively and efficiently as possible. All right. So they do all these requirements. So they have their initial consultation. We tell them this is individualized for you, exactly what you need to do. And then after that, you're going to go and you will have um, all of this list of things, this whole bundle of documents sent to the insurance company on your behalf. All programs do that. We do that. I'm Mm -hmm. sure every program does it. And we are submitting for prior authorization approval. Yes. And sometimes it's easy. You get the approval. We get the approval. Here's your prior auth number. Approved for this procedure with the CPT code, the gastric bypass, 43644, sleep, mm-hmm. 43775, boom, you're good and to go. a certain date. And that's the only that date, yeah, date of so service. There's always, that's one thing people ask, when do I find my date? And it's like, well, at your final appointment, because then we have to submit to the insurance. Exactly. Yep. So at your final, you have to do all the checklists. We, we, yep. We've been burned. We've all been burned. Mm-hmm. And it's just a waste of your time, too. We don't have, if they want a psyche value, you didn't do it yet. We can't submit. We're not and submit. so we, we don't give you the date. We don't, it, life happens. We get it. So you have to do all these things. And then you will have a place of service. And sometimes insurance companies require things like, Aetna has something called IOQ, Institute of Quality. Mm-hmm. And we participate, we actually operate, we are an IOQ providers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also um, uh, good old blue distinction. So the blues, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Anthem sometimes has this, your employer may require this. This is based on excellent quality at a, at a decent price. And um, you want to be blue distinction or blue distinction plus we are. So we have that too. And then finally, we're also with United, we are a center of excellence, a COE. So we have all of the special kind of seals of approval and stamps that we are um, really good there as well. Now, as you can imagine, it's not always so perfect. No. And it's just when me. you did every every box, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you saw them 12 times. Uh-huh. You got the lab. You got the psyche valve. You got the letter that says everything. What gives? It gets denied. Yeah. And then I get to do a peer-to-peer. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what. I spend my life on the phone with these medical directors. And the thing that's interesting about a peer-to-peer, you would assume it would be a peer-to-peer, a peer. Yeah. And it's not. They're, yes, they're doctors, um, but they're typically almost never in my career have I spoken to a a physician that specializes in bariatric surgery. That's a bariatric surgeon. Right. 
I mean, you don't talk to that. So you're talking to people like, for example, one of the bigger things that might get denied that I have to work my butt off to try to overturn is revisions. Yes. So revisions, I'm taking a sleeve, let's say to a gastric bypass, and I might be doing it not for um, a CPT code morbid obesity, which is E66.01. Maybe I'm doing it for reflux um, with esophagitis, which is K21.00. And if that is the situation, <laughs> is this podcast interesting? Sorry, I'm just giggling at all of your, your CPT my, codes. This is, this is her life. brain. This is my life. This is all I do is write these damn numbers over and over again. Mm-hmm. And let's say we're doing it for refractory acid reflux. Yeah. Meaning you have been on medications. You have probably a hiatal hernia. You have reflux as evidenced by an upper GI swallow study where contrast may even reflux up to the cera- cer- cervical level of the esophagus is aspirating all those things. Sometimes I might be like, I'm going to need evidence by biopsy proven that there's esophagitis. I'm like, but this person is aspirating and I have all of this evidence. Why are we delaying this? Yeah. And so anyway, even with that, sometimes I'm like, oh, they'll they'll get nasty. They'll get rude. They want certain things. And so anyway. And I've heard you on those calls. You're like a bulldog. I am. She doesn't let down. Like she. Like I'm not getting off the phone. I'm going to talk about gastrojejunostomies and bypassing the pylorus and the uh-huh. reason why this is. Like I am going to talk to you about this because if this is a peer to peer, yeah, you better be showing up with your AK because I'm yeah. not with evidence. I'm coming with the research. You got gloves on. I do. Yeah. And then like when you show up, like oh well, I don't know. Like basically, you can do an appeal. If it goes to appeal, I'm like no, 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 no. Yeah. We are not going to appeal because if it goes to appeal. The problem is, is it goes to basically like the no man's land of, of all the others and millions of, of yeah. appeals that like, it's so easy to de- deny on a letter. Yeah. But if I'm sitting there pleading a case and then you as the patient, you should also consider submitting your own letters, calling them yourself, explaining in your own words, your own passionate story as to why, who would want to go undergo surgery? You know, if this is something though, that's going to make you better, feel better, you should be able to do it. So the appeals, I write appeals. I do it for even medical weight loss. I do the same process for medical weight loss as well. Mm-hmm. I submit it for a prior auth. I have to answer things. It's a little bit easier. It's on a um, website called Cover My Meds, for example. Yeah. So that's a lot easier. But if it gets denied, then it goes to appeal again. And, and just, just once you get there, that's when it's... Like I always say, like denials are just... They're frustrating, but usually we can find, sometimes it's even as simple with a denial, like the facts wasn't complete. Uh, so we sent uh, 25 pages and they only got 23 pages of it. Nice. And it's like, well, just, okay, we have the, the psyche valve that was the last two pages and we're going to send that over and great, done. Yeah. Um, and that, though, like I, denials are not the end of the no. road. And not that appeals are the end of the road either, but they are much closer to that point. I mean, it's come to the point of strategy of like, I'll get a peer, I'll do a peer to peer and it will, if they um are like, it's denied, we'll go to appeal. I'm like, no, 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 withdraw the case, withdraw it, withdraw yeah. it. And then let me resubmit it with whatever nonsense they need. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, or even non-nonsense, whatever it is. And then that whole facts thing, that is, I think, something that they absolutely intentionally did. Like, we have facts confirmation. You got yeah. it. What do you mean you only got half of it? Yeah. You're the only people on earth that um didn't get all the facts. Yeah. And that's such a waste of time. Like, I have to, like, block time in my schedule so that I'm fully prepared. I have the chart open. I got this guy on the yeah. phone. And it's like, yeah. There's some medical directors I really, um a few. Actually, I'll say that I actually kind of like. Yeah. 
I do. Yeah. Well, and you so, get to, to ones that you do, you get over and over. It's and, like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah. How's, how's it going over there? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it is. It's, it's fine. It's, it's whatever. It is a process, though. It now, is. let's say after all this, your, per, your employer or your coverage, it excludes bariatric mm. surgery coverage. So even people will say, oh, if your doctor writes that you have a letter of medical necessity, it could get covered. It's not going to get covered. Yeah. Unfortunately, they exclude it. They're not opting in. It's nothing that they can do. It's nothing that even like Sydney can do. Like, I'm, unfortunately, like we're just the carrier. Like we're not yeah. the ones that make or break. That's, that's your employer. Take it up with them. So what can you do? So you can go to your employer, but oftentimes that is something that is very time in- intensive. Mm-hmm. We, if you have a contact, a body by bariatrics, we are happy to reach out to them and schedule a meeting just to explain it. Mm-hmm. We can even work out a system where if, you know, if you're a smaller company, we can potentially even do a one-off with you where they can cover it perhaps. Yeah. So we can work out those sorts of things. And then finally, sometimes those things won't work. There is a self-pay option. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good option. And and going back to something we talked about earlier, I think this has happened like once or twice since we started, is that with the out-of-pocket maximum for a family because of the insurance plan that somebody had, mm. their out-of-pocket max was actually more than the self-pay rate. Yeah. And they like just so they went with the self-pay because yep. they were going to end up like, or their deductible was so high. It was crazy. It was like, well, just self-pay. Yep, exactly. So we have the most competitive self-pay rates in the country period. Yeah. Because sleeves were pretty on par with everybody, Mm -hmm. but I do not adamantly do not want a patient to pick a sleeve versus bypass because the bypass costs more. Mm -hmm. So I take a lot less money on the bypass. So I keep the cost exactly the same. Yeah. So if you are a bypass, if you are a sleeve, we want to keep it so that um, you pick the one that's medically best for you. Right. Right. It's not just coming down to a, a dollar amount. No, exactly. And that's an interesting thing that we've seen too, but it, not as often, but just to bring it up, we've had, had some plans that will only cover oh. one or the other. It's usually the sleeve, right? Yeah. Which so is um, really frustrating. Yeah. Like the town of Lady Lakes, <laughs> which is like very specific. It's very specific. Yeah. But they only allow a certain lifetime max. So some of these insurance companies will have only one bariatric surgery per lifetime yeah under their under that so you can change insurances and and, and get maybe a revision or right. something but they'll say twenty five thousand dollars maximum that's it one surgery period yeah. which is like ugh, that's that's okay that's fine we hope that you pick correctly so you don't have to go through yeah. a revision nobody wants to do that that's number one but they're like whenever they're like oh only a sleeve and then it's like, I get in there and if they have, so what are the reasons to go with a bypass over a sleeve? Number one, just to review, if your BMI is higher, if your yep. BMI is over 45, you're going to lose more weight. Statistically speaking with the bypass, go with the bypass. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you have acid reflux, a hiatal hernia, you have to take medications, you have to sleep more upright, you have to avoid certain foods, you can't do spicy, go with the gastric bypass. Right. Saliva will go down easier, even in the recovery area. And finally, if you are a diabetic, pre-diabetic, insulin resistance, PCOS, infertility, visceral or central distribution to your weight, you should go with a gastro bypass. That is, if you don't have those things or really want the sleeve, of course, we can talk. So I think that for an employer, like they're giving you just a little bit because it's a little bit cheaper. I'm like, wrong. Yeah. But it's just annoying too, because like they're just making a medical decision for you. Yeah. Like, and that's the other thing that's really frustrating with the insurance is like, 
this is like a company making medical decisions mm. and not always doctors or the doctors aren't reading everything. I mean, you hear now more and more on the news of, of these doctors that review for insurance companies and they are copying, pasting denials because and they'll do hundreds in a day. And it's like, well, there's obviously no way they read through all of those things. They're just or AI is doing it now. Mm. And as much as you know, we love AI over here. We do. There's there's certain places where it's beneficial, and then, but for it to be like denying insurance claims is that's in, that's yeah, nuts. It's, it's like you need a you need a human with common sense. Yes. So if you want to get into the insurance, space, shockingly, a few of those in the world. Oh gosh. Oh, we could go. We we could do a whole yeah. podcast on common sense, but <laughs> we get it. I think that you know. It's, it's crazy. We've talked for almost 41 minutes about this already, but it is something that we get it. Yeah. You want it. You finally made up your mind. You are excited. Here we go. And then like, man, you know, like I get to the finish line. I did all the mm-hmm. checks. All of a sudden they're changing the goalpost where it is. Like, yeah, it, that's something that is just wrong. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's frustrating. frustrating. Yes. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, too, and, and why we try to help, you know, we help as much as we can on the front end of these things of getting the benefit verification of mm-hmm. trying to get that estimated out of pocket cost. Because these things are so intentionally made confusing. Mm-hmm. There's all these terms. There's all these different numbers that are thrown at you. You're like, well, I'm spending this much a month just basically for the privilege of having insurance. And then you're going to pay on top of that, the, again, these deductibles, out-of-pocket maxes, co-insurances, co-pays, like all these different things. And so it, it's intentionally very mm-hmm. confusing and, and difficult to wade through for people mm-hmm. so that they're, you know, they get discouraged or they make these six-month requirements. And a lot can happen in your life in six months where maybe in, you know, February, you're ready for surgery and you're feeling good. But by the time August mm-hmm. rolls around, it's like... Oh no, I missed one appointment in there. Something happened. I, you know, there was a family emergency and I missed my visit in July. So now do I have to start this whole thing over again? And it's like, well, at that point, I'm not going to do it Mm because now I'm just, I'm just frustrated. I'm mad or Mm -hmm. I'm just not in that same space that I was anymore. So and even, yeah. and even medically speaking, I'll tell you some of the most setting things of my career have been, you know, I have certain patients who, like you said, I'm ready now because I have significant heart issues. Maybe I'm a heart failure pa- patient. I need to get fluid and balance. Basically, you're going to be optimized. Yeah. And every day that you wait, like, you know, you're, you're putting, it's, it's putting you at a greater risk. Right. And I know sometimes like some patients are not life and death, but some yeah. of ours are. And I have had patients who have they didn't win the race. They died yeah. in the process. Right. And it was like, man, like they were in, they were, they were ready. And unfortunately they just couldn't jump through the hoops fast enough. And right. that to me is just like, I can think of a few particular patients over the years and it's just like, I don't know. It's just really, obviously it's super hard. Yeah. It's like, this is insane. These are pe- right. real people here. You, right. you guys are sick. Like, I don't know. It makes yeah. me so mad. I know. It's, it is. It's really frustrating. It's like people waiting for transplants that don't yes. make it to transplant, you know, and it's not, obviously it's a different whole thing, but it's the same kind of thought. It's like, you just got to get them there faster. And mm-hmm. I think reducing the barriers to it. And, and like you said, you're talking to these people, insurance companies, and I know other doctors are too, and other programs and stuff. They're fighting because, it doesn't benefit anybody. It, basically, if you're going to get the surgery, you're going to get it whether it's next month or six months from now. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of times all they're doing is it's like a weeding out process. It is. It's like college classes that you have to take that, you know, make it just impossible for more people to move along to the next step. Like, absolutely. You know, it's like survival of the fittest. Yeah. And that's sort of like, hmm, but then a lot of the people that have the most probably need are going to have the hardest time getting some of these things done. Yeah. You know, you think about ambulation to and from all these appointments. If people aren't able to do virtual visits or things like that, and you have to go to the doctor, you have to go into the office, you have to do all these things. Like it can be really difficult for people Mm -hmm. who, you know, so yeah well we treat everyone um yes, and we we, we really um we try to make it as accessible as possible totally we're 100 virtual we have um we will help hold your hand to get you, you through as soon as possible mm-hmm. if you are willing to meet me halfway i will meet you there too yeah. so there is no weight limit to what we do mm-hmm. um you know i've been adamant on that i, I always said I, I treat this disease i'm not going to put a restriction on it i'm not going to yeah. add to it and um yeah, we we want to we want to help we want to help you. Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful. I yes. hope somebody out there. Hopefully this broke it down. Simple. Yeah. Maybe. I hope if you were driving, you stayed awake. Um, I know there's a lot of terms and things, and we'll make sure that we put out some, you know, very simple things for you to check out about some of the phrases and things that we did talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep an eye out for those on on our Instagram. So as always, you can find us on Instagram at Dr X Dietitian. You can find Dr. Dovek at Dr. Dovek. You can find me at hannahskyler.rd on our website, Dr. X Dietitian. Keep an eye out. There will be an episode guide there as well. So definitely check that out. Uh, And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us uh, via DM or via our website, anything like that. We're happy to answer. You got it. All right. Until next time, my friends. Good luck. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.